Ever heard of Special Weapons Division? They're the men in white coats who train dolphins to stick mines on submarines and cute furry animals to tear your head over the neck. They saw an opportunity and called me in. To do what? Catch one of these things? And to bring it back. Alive, if possible. Only it turned out to be them. We underestimated enemy numbers. Underestimated? That was a serious word with your headsheds about the quality of their intelligence. It may have been their invitation, but it was my party. I planned and executed it. Most it up. We lost good men, Ryan. Yours and mine. Hey, buddy. Welcome to Citizen Frame. I'm your host, Kieran. Joining me as usual, Misfit Trevor. Yes, uh, you had to remember my name there for a second, Kieran. See, yeah. you almost forgot it. You I know. know. <laughs> I know. How could you I forget think... me? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> you're still, you're, you're still you're having nightmares a, about me. You're, such a, you're such a fucking blessing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> most definitely. But yeah, great to be here. I, uh, I just thought it out now because I always forget to say who we are. Which at this point, if people don't know what they're listening to. What the fuck? Mm. Um, of course, but, new uh, listeners. Might just stumble exactly. us upon us. So, yeah. if you are a new listener, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah, thanks for joining us in this one. Uh, in the early 2000s, you had these these uh, young directors coming out. The new Splat Pack, they were called. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg McLean was fresh off of Wolf Creek, which is a popular film. He... Um, Hasn't done much since, to be fair. He didn't really live by his name. Some of the stuff he's done has been crap. Eli Roth came off the Hostel franchise. Cabin in the Woods. Um, I'm not an Eli Roth fan. Neither am I. I think he's just a shock jock. Yes. Uh, but people do like him. And he's he's producing some okay stuff. So he's got some talent uh, from behind the scenes there. We And we're introduced to another one called Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall kind of joined the team when he did a little film back in 2006. I can't remember the year. A little little hidden, not hidden gem, was a box office hit in the States called The Descent. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite films. Um, he's went on to do Doomsday, which is a classic. People, please see it. Uh, it's so sad. It's it's brilliant. Malcolm McDowell is so fierce in it and so cruel. And it's just such a good, good film. Please, anyone who's listening to this podcast, see Doomsday. We'll definitely get it on the podcast. Uh, then he did another one called Centurion, which was cool, like a period piece. But it was great fighting and great sort, you know, just good action. He really more did independent stuff. Doomsday was more of his big feature, full-budget Hollywood feature, uh, Universal, which unfortunately tanked, so he went back to more independent. Mm-hmm. Um, he got another big break um, while he was doing a series of TV shows. In the middle, kind of getting his footing back, he got Hellboy. Now, I think this movie was doomed when it first came out, just because it did have Ron Perlman, and everybody was in an uproar. Um, sadly, apparently, there was a lot of conflict of interest there as well. You know, and behind the scenes, sort of infighting and, and stuff. You know, with writers and all sorts. Yeah, including the original writer of the graphic novel. Yeah, I can see that. Neil Marshall just got thrown in the middle. So, unfortunately, uh, I, I kind of admit, and we might do the Hellboy series, because I actually rather enjoyed the Hellboy, 
Not because it's Neil Marshall. Guillermo del Toro did the original, of yeah, course. But I, I, I enjoyed the new Hellboy. I thought it was kind of entertaining. I thought the cast was good. Uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things was great. I liked him as, as Hellboy. But, again, I'll have to revisit it and check the other ones out again. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, he took the bullet on that one. So he's now back to an independent. He's working on a film right now that goes back to, like, the days of The Descent. So it's going back mm-hmm. to that, you know, lost uh, in the middle of nowhere, soldiers trapped in the middle, yeah. of, you know, something's in there with them. That's what they're doing. And independent sort of horror. Going back to what works. You, you know, it's yeah. not a lot. We talk about Ty West. He's never went full on feature length, not feature length, but never with mm-hmm. mainstream studio. Mainstream. Because he likes to have a creative control. And I think that's yeah. what happens with some of these directors, and there's some good ones out there. Greg McClain would be a perfect example. He did Wolf Creek, smart little independent, mm-hmm. uh, creepy little film. Uh, then he kind of went Hollywood, and it just uh, didn't work. Well, the ones that don't, good on them, I say, Ty West. I mean, even in his recent X, which we reviewed on this podcast, you know, there's lines of dialogue which are digs at sort of the big studios and, you know, mainstream filmmaking. So good on him, I say, you know. He's got his, he's keeping his integrity, his kind of creative integrity. So yeah, well, I, hope, I hope Neil Marshall gets some more grounded. I hope he gets more commercial work. I don't like to see him not get that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's going to happen with Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley was an is an independent mm-hmm. filmmaker, does his own stuff. Um, Sightseer yeah. is one of my personal favorites. And then it, a field in England, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and he is now doing the Meg too. Yes, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that is a departure. Um, to yeah, least. but it could be interesting, you know. Yeah, exactly. I hope the cinema, because the one big complaint about the first Meg was it wasn't really gory, and it was shit. And this I guy was shit, like, but yeah, but uh, yeah, he, he could make it. something very interesting with it. Yeah, so hopefully they give him some creative control. Yeah, and he's not just doing it to get his first studio film. Yes, because he does not seem to be a really good fit for this. No, but we never know. It could be a stroke of genius, or it could be a complete exactly. disaster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. Hopefully that works out for him. Mm -hmm. But long intro brings us all the way back to a little film in 2002. A little hidden gem. I rent, I got, I didn't rent, I bought it in a used bin at Blockbuster Mm -hmm. Video. And this is the movie that put Neil Marshall on the map. He's the editor, writer, producer, and director of Dog Soldiers. (laughs) Uh, I love this fucking movie. Same here. It is Aliens meets The Howling. You know, it's... Meets an American werewolf in London, and yeah, there's plenty more besides. Yeah. Evil Dead. We put Evil Dead in there as well. Yeah, some of the camera works very Evil Dead. Um, It's pretty much an homage, just like Doomsday is. Again, I can't promote Doomsday enough. Uh, But... It's an homage to the films he grew up seeing, mm-hmm. like the ones we just mentioned. There's no way there it isn't. It's pretty much what it is, uh, but done with his own creative style. Yeah, I, I once watched a documentary about the video nasties. Um, you know, the video nasty scare back in the eighties in the UK, and you had like the Kim Newman on talking, but one of the other people on talking was Neil Marshall. So yeah, it, this is very. I, I can most definitely see. His homage to all of these types of 80s films, 70s films that he grew up with. So, you know, it just lent much more context 
to this and you know obviously his inspirations you know it's funny because neil marshall does it we just talked about as we're about to talk about and james wan mm-hmm. is famous for doing it as well but putting his own little spin yes um tarantino is famous for doing it mm-hmm. um not horror but more you know exploitation 70s exploitation yes. films and so it's nice to see because anyone who's watching it can relate to it and the, the most of most of the people who do like do this kind of homages to some of the stuff they grew up with a it's to say nod to the hat thank you guys for creating aliens say but at the same time it's given them a, a chance to show what they can do um with very little absolutely uh, they're basically love letters but at the same time of their own creativity and creative visions brought to them their own spin whereas i don't really think um eli roth has the talent um to, to do that sort of thing not against him personally um, but you know, as you mentioned earlier on, he's a shock jock. Yeah, I think Eli Roth. Let me let's get this. I think he's got some pretty good producing creds. Yeah, I think he's. But I think on. I think he's more of a fanboy than he is yes. a filmmaker. It's like if you give me the money he has been given to do a movie, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. With you, I I I can't take the reins. That's all he is. Yeah, well, maybe that's where his strengths lie in producing. Yeah, I mean, he's done the, the history of horror. Yes. It's a great, great TV series he's created, and he's got a great personality. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I haven't seen anything I like of his. Yeah, Cabin um, Fever was a bit sort of... Mm-hmm. That was shit. Yeah. I don't get why people liked it. Uh, there's another guy who came up around with him uh, who's really good called Alexander Aja. Mm-hmm. He's part of this splat pack I was talking yes. about. And he did a great thing called Hidden Tension, mm-hmm. uh, High Tension. You guys know that. it as yeah. you guys know it as something else. I forgot what it's called over here. But then he did uh, mirrors with Kiefer Sutherland, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Then he did uh, kind of a fun Piranha remake, yes, uh, which I rather enjoyed. Um, then he just did a another little uh, another film. I'm just I'm going all over the place. We're talking about so many films. I'm just losing track. <laughs> but he's, but he's one I'm I'm following. Yes. Uh, that's still that's still he's French, I believe, mm-hmm. and he's got some good stuff. But Eli Roth might be a better producer. I don't think he should be behind the camera as a director. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um. So, but we'll see what you know. He's still. Oh, you know, he's in his forties now. He's still. He's still pretty young. He never know. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think anyone will hire him as a director. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he's burned those bridges. He's just nobody wants to see torture porn. Yeah, he, you know? yeah. Well, torture porn has it's had its day, and it's fucking. Um, it, it's no longer a thing. <laughs> you know, thankfully, it, just, it was just boring. So it was. You know, I, I have no problem. I quite. I very much enjoy gore. If in the right context, this was just. It was dull and boring. You know. I'll give you a shout. James Wan started with torture porn. He did a film called Saw. Yes, and that, yeah. obviously that what went to become. But the, first the Saw good. franchise, well, I like them all a little bit. But you're right, the first one's really good. But the but the rest of it at least had a story, mm-hmm. and at the end there was a twist, mm-hmm. and you had to figure out what's going on. And that's 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 a film. That's a beginning, middle, end. But with Eli Roth, it was just oh, let's see if we can get this guy's penis cut off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or cut somebody's Achilles tendon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I can't get the shot, so let's make it gory. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, lazy, and it, it just sort of reeks of lack of talent, you know, in, uh, in that department. 
he did that kind of um, it was basically a cannibal holocaust remake for, for one you know for all intents and purposes um the green inferno and it was that was all right i suppose but yeah it was just like oh, i hated that seen movie. it all that before just... you know at least with well, at least with cannibal holocaust there was actual proper sort of satire and commentary there and it was clever um you know but uh, this was just it was just shock value torture porn now i guess we should get back at uh Neil yeah <laughs> so we're, we're talking about dog soldiers there anyway we're talking about dog soldiers by the way mm-hmm. um so we got kevin mckinn who's had, had a real good career yes and then you've got i like see him liam cunningham yes always plays a good bad guy he plays ryan mckinn plays cooper and we got Sean Pertry who plays Wells. Love before Sean I go Perfect. any further, and before I go any <laughs> further, and he interrupts me, let's just get this fucking out of the way <laughs> right now, please, Trevor. Who is Sean Pertry? Sean Pertry, I don't know. I, I've never heard. Nobody joking. He is the son, and he's an absolute double spitting image of him of uh, the third Doctor Who, John Pertwee. He's a great John Pertwee, and I would love to see Sean Pertwee play the Doctor. But you know, that's a bit of a sort of. I've always wanted him to be, but yeah, Sean Perpy. Okay, are we done now? Yes, that's, that's it. it. We, we We're sorted. Got it out. <laughs> you didn't think I'd catch that one, did you? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, in and of himself, I do love Sean Perpy, and basically anything he's in. I, I actually like him. I like him. Um, he's in Doomsday as well. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Doomsday. He, oh, I'm going to check it out. But... <laughs> we we should actually do it for the podcast. Yeah, it's the greatest mind fuck. Uh-huh. It is so good. All right, so uh, we're pretty much introduced to these campers being eaten. Uh, it's a nice little. The one thing about this film, it just throws you right into it. Yes, there's re- and the great thing about it is that yes, it throws you right into it, but at the same time, it's got good character development and to tell you the story like, as well. Yeah, yep, you like these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, not they're not big names, especially two thousand and two, especially in the states, nobody would know who these guys were. But you you got into him. You didn't need Harrison Ford to be in it for you to automatically like him. Harrison, a big star, would actually have taken away from this. You know, I think. Yeah, I mean, you might, you might be right. Yes, uh, I think because we would have been focused more on the big star, whereas this, we're actually focused on the characters and not the big stars playing them. If you know what I mean. And yeah, I think um, I love how it's it's in, it's really tightly edited, and yeah, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get the first killing. Uh, they're making out in the, t- the tent. And I just like the little subtleness of the zipper coming down. And they're like, what the fuck? Yes. Of their tent. And obviously they, they get eaten. And then you get the, the really cheesy dog soldiers mm-hmm. and the big cheesy banner. Mm-hmm. And even the dog soldier sign looked like Mad Max. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's a little nod to Mad Max there. Um, and that cheesy keyboard music, again, sounded a little bit like Mad Max. Yep. Uh, I pretty itty. You think, yeah, you, or even not, not even maybe even late seventies. Mm-hmm. But it came off like you're like, oh, if your first time seeing this, you're like, oh god, this is gonna suck. <laughs> and it it does feel like this. Oh god, this is gonna be some B, you know, B movie nonsense. And but it's B movie brilliance. I do. I thought this the introduction of Ryan and Cooper was, was poor. No, I, th- I know you. I know you needed that tension for the later act. I think it was an excellent setup. I don't. I'm gonna. You gonna. Sh- He's like, oh, you're the best. Yeah, you did really good in your training. Now shoot the dog. Yeah. What? 
No, that, that, that's, that's, you know, those sort of things would have happened. Yeah, I, I doubt it would have happened these days. But yeah, it, it, no, it's sitting um, basically ran up as a, a brutal, twisted bastard. And um, it's basically, you're also getting an idea of the two characters. You know, Cooper is um, always a tough guy and a good soldier. He is not a bastard. You know, no, I think this is great. Just in that short scene, it basically gives the audience a great knowledge and a great depth of knowledge on these two characters it's very cleverly done uh see i'm the opposite on that one i i felt that that we know we'll know more about ryan in this in the coming up here uh when they run into him again yeah but and we do get to know more about played him on that. as well but yes yes mm-hmm. i understand you got to put some i i just thought they could have done something different mm. i just thought it was kind of i don't know maybe too much too soon possibly no, not even that. It's just maybe he's mistreating one of the cadets. Yeah, and Ryan intervenes. Yes, something like that makes more sense. Then he ends up, and then he ends up shooting the dog. It's like, come on, this is a little over the top. I, I don't know. I, I, I've had friends in the army and stuff, and you know, and yeah, I know it's it's a, a, a certainly back then, back in the day, it was certainly. I don't know what army you guys have been. I've never heard this. I know med, plenty of military I, people I, that would have not go kill, shoot animals, not, not killing dogs, but yeah, let's just say it's not. For the faint of heart, you know, I'm not. I'm not talking about shooting dogs or whatever. So. Oh, I'm sure there's some. I found it believable. Camps. Uh, I found it actually All very right. believable. Yeah. Well, my days in Nam just never <laughs> happened. I was I was once in um, Sydney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> Belfast. <laughs> but yes, anyway. Uh, so is it? It says is it four weeks later? It's yeah. It's a matter of weeks later. Yeah, it's a few weeks later. Okay. And um, basically, they're dropped into what they believe is a training exercise. Yeah, Coop, this time Cooper's uh, not with Ryan because Ryan Cooper pretty much got demoted. Is what's happened because uh, Ryan was his superior. Um, now he's with Wells, who's Pertry. Yes, and they're in, they're in another training exercise. Named no after, ammo. Named after H.G. Wells, I must add. Apparently. Oh, is he? I didn't would have caught that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. Again, it's pretty quick. It's well done because you just. It's how, uh, we just talked about. Uh, There's no meandering it, with this plot. We, did, we just, it, you know, we just talked about Interceptor. Yes, and I liked it because I like the action. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say it's fucking, you know, the greatest film ever. Just check out the podcast. But you <laughs> made the comment. It's fucking just point A to point B. Spoon feeds you everything you need. Yes. It's just poorly. Where this one, same length of time, but. There's no expedition. There's no. It's all weaved within the plot. It's all weaved. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's natural dialogues. Yes. And it's brilliantly edited. I have one problem with the editing. So there, there's a, there's a nice scene where. Wells is sitting on the campfire and he's telling a story about one of his fellow comrades who got killed. Yeah. Um, with a tattoo. And it's a very dark story. Yes. And then one of the main characters we get into, I think it's Spoon. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite characters actually yeah. starts telling a joke, and so it kind of to break to break the tension. Yes. So you know, so you kind of already get, you know, you got Sean Perch who's telling the story about you know bringing you know which is kind of a morale, not really a morale booster, and then you got Spoon who's like let's 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 cut the tension here, yes. and he starts telling a joke. Mm-hmm. So right there, you kind of got that who's who. Yeah, and also um, just during. The guys want to also, um, they're actually a bit pissed off at being there in the first place because they want to be back watching England play Germany in the football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 
so but he's he's only about uh, about ten seconds into it. I forgot about this scene, and the cow just yes. falls right on top of them in <laughs> the campfire. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and so they just they were just going to leave it, but Wells, you know, being the leader, says, "No, we got to investigate this. What the fuck's Why is this cow riddled and mm-hmm. cut up and?" You know, mm-hmm. so they just had to investigate, and this is where they find out where they find Ryan, who's been cut, obviously by a wolf. Well, well and... I would say a bit more than cut. Uh... Yeah. Well, okay, clawed, severely mauled would be my description of it. Well, but... no, he just got a just scraped him in the no, chest no, at, at first, but it's 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 very bad. But then we find out why. All of a sudden, it's not as bad. But yeah. yeah. You have um, who's the guy? The first the first cadet who gets it with the tree. That was awesome. Yes, the guy's running and he's he's looking back from the getting away from the wolf, but he runs into the broken branch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. And it goes right through. I forget the character's name, but yeah, uh, it's a pretty cool death. To be fair, I think I think it was Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he gets it from there. And, but that's when Wells takes the gutting. He gets his, his yes. stomach ripped open. And it's gory as uh, fucking hell. But again, it is it's gory. fun gore in that it's not like in any way nasty. It's like, because this is a horror comedy and it is a, a huge amount of fun. But even stuff like that, whenever his entire guts are spilling out and he's like cracking the jokes and still being the sort of leader and stuff, it's just it's just so fucking enjoyable you know but yet a guy's got his guts hanging out and they're trying to they're trying to pack them back in you know and all yeah. this sort of and thing. then he's bitching he's bitching and moaning because Sean Pertry's got that great execution where he's oh, like, like he could come off like a, like, a, you know, like a drill sergeant one scene and the next one he's like screaming like a baby but telling that's jokes right. yeah he's, that's he's right in, just put the fucking guts in you fucking yeah. oh, especially when they have to get him drunk that's right yeah and, and he's like Sean Pertwee was really drunk in that scene like he actually got drunk him. I say one hell of an actor if he wasn't, because damn, he's, he pulled it off. <laughs> Brilliant, like. Um, but it, it pretty much kicks in. I mean, within ten minutes, you already know the team's names, and then yes. you, you're, they're being, they're under attack, and they realize this is no longer a training exercise. But they find the other camp where Ryan was there, and they take their weapons. So yes, they got their ammo. They were originally, they originally had blanks. Exactly, and. So then they get picked up by Megan. Yes. And they get to this little house, and this is where... The great thing about the story is when they're in the house, you've got pretty much three... You're in about, gosh, I'd say about 30 minutes into the film, and now you have these layers of attacks that happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And each one, they get closer and closer to getting into the house. Mm-hmm. And the twist, when they get into the house, I totally forget. When I first saw it, I... uh it threw me away, the twist with Megan. I, I must admit, I think, I don't know, maybe it was just on rewatch value because I knew it was coming because I've seen this quite a few times over the years. But uh, I think, certainly on rewatch value, it's pretty obvious um, Megan's, you know, twist concerning Megan. Well, that's what I'm saying. The first time, yes. I did not see it. There's no, I, I don't think, I, uh, mm-hmm. you probably didn't see There's no way. But if you did see it, whatever. I, don't, I but, think I knew there was something up weird, but I just didn't know exactly what it was, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but when you see it uh, now, after a few times, you you can you catch it. Yeah, there's like subtle sort of looks there's and scene. all. She there's gives even and... a scene with her eyes, and there's this, this bright yes. blue, and she's staring uh-huh. right at him. You just knew. Yeah, she I think it a... really. I think yeah, 
I, it really twigs whenever they're um, looking at the photo, you know, of the family. Yeah, yeah, and you find out the family's the werewolves. Yes, um, and then and then Cooper Cooper knew the whole time. He's not stupid. Yes. I like Cooper's character, mm-hmm. and he pretty much you knew because you're the one taking the fucking picture. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, right. But yeah, so they're in the compound, well, the the house. And again, it's just oh, what I really liked about it. Once you're in the compound, you kind of know who's good, who's bad, which is Professor yes. Wells. Oh, sorry, yeah. Ryan. Ryan at this point. Wells. Well, is, sorry, yes, that's who I mean. Yeah, Ryan. Liam Cunningham. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's up. Uh, Wells is upstairs getting bed rest after he's being super glued. <laughs> very funny right. scene, guys. I can't explain. It's just very punch me, and he punches him, and he goes, "You yeah. can't fucking punch me, that you wimp!" And he punches him again, knocks him out. Fucking punch me! Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's down to basically Sean Pertwee's sort of tongue and cheek delivery. Brilliant, you know. Whereas, um, you know, the Kevin McKid character Cooper, he's more of the straight guy. Where as as you know, Sean Pertwee's Wales is more. He's a bit of a loose cannon, bit of a head case, but a brilliant soldier, or as he says, a professional soldier at the same time. You know, I'm a fucking professional soldier. <laughs> now, before we got to the cabin. I had a problem with the way it was shot, mm-hmm. especially when they're rushing before they get to the uh, the car, the jeep where Megan's picking them up. Yes, he had these different, and I think this is an homage to different film styles because mm-hmm. he would have a sixteen millimeter shot, a black and white shot, really grainy footage shot, a clear shot during the yes. the chaos that is, as you're being chased. Now the black and white would be through the wolves' eyes, which I, yes. I, I found out. But he had a point of view, yeah. It was really sloppy editing and a, all these different great uh, grades of film that he would use mm-hmm. during this. I thought it was unnecessary, but I kind of figured out maybe he's just doing that to show the chaos they're in. It's just a it's just it's just a mumbled mess. So I think that's why he did that with the film. Yeah. I, I took from it that the, the sort of the, the jumble about it is because it basically there was a lot of confusion for the characters and it was like what the fuck is going on here what are these things what are we being chased by is this a bear or is it a wolf or what and there's a lot of chaos going on so that reflects that and that's that's what i took from it okay and, that, and that's what i think he was doing mm-hmm. it didn't take away from the film or anything i just thought i was like eh. yeah. um and usually his choices are pretty spot on yes mm-hmm. um i like <laughs> the when they're in the cabin, we like I said, I mentioned a second ago, they, we know who kind of the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. Not one of these characters, besides being a smart ass, were whiny cowards. Oh, they were all brilliant. They're all yeah. they're there to do a job. They're in way Pretty over their heads. Practical as well. Yes, like the the first thing Cooper says: go in the kitchen, fill those pots and pans with hot water. Uh, well, with water. And boil them, yeah, because he knows those are going to come in handy because they're low, they're low on weapons, but hot water can hurt anything. So I make a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, make a cup of tea. That goes and, back to the whole sort of British sort of you know stiff upper lip. You know, cup of tea will solve ever anything. You know. Um. When, when, when they go. To, they go outside, they find out the, the jeep that they were in was is destroyed by the wolves. Yes. Um, there's a nice shot when 
they go out there and they see the car and they're surrounded. You, they kind of give you quick cuts of these wolves. Yeah. Now the rumor has that these wolves were on stilts. Yes, they were. Apparently. That's why they you couldn't see them for more than a couple seconds running, because that's all they yeah. could do. Because the boy fall flat. These suits well, are fucking gorgeous. Oh, they're, oh, they're fucking great. Um, um, but apparently they were also played by dancers who you know would have known how to move in a certain way and stuff. You know, professional dancers on stilts. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, great. Um, you know, suits. You know, the wolf suits. You know, the the makeup and stuff. Yeah. Um, the makeup all around, you know, all the gory effects and stuff. Yeah, I mean, these guys were obviously working on a limited budget, but boy, did they pull it off from you know, through what they had. Exactly, and it 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 just reminded me of Eddie's character, my favorite character from The Howling. Yeah, he's the one who's just the first transformation, played by Robert Robert Picardo. Yes, and uh, it's it's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, Again, massive name drop to the master himself, Rob Bottin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll absolutely. be talking about in our next podcast. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was just, I liked he went that route where American Wolf of London was an actual wolf. Yes. These guys went, they stuck with the howling version and they're just. They were wolf men. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, if you saw one of those, the, the, their sheer physical presence alone, and in fact, I would say that they really, although the likes of the Hurling and, you know, the an American Werewolf in London obviously has the best werewolf transformation scenes, but I think this is, for me, Dog Soldiers has the best actual realizations of the final werewolves. I mean, these things are fucking massive. They're giants, they're terrifying. Yeah, they're pretty. They're 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 solid. They're solid. Really intimidating. I, I, like, I, yeah. I still go with the howling. Maybe I haven't seen it in years. The howling. Yeah. You get to know the person before the wolf. Yes. So I think that makes it kind of even creepier. Well, partly Neil Marshall wanted to also avoid that sort of trope, as he um, called it, of you know feeling sorry for the person who becomes the wolf. So that I think that is one of the reasons why they had the sort of um, Ryan, who was a complete bastard, you know, because you wouldn't feel sorry for him, but also you wouldn't have any sympathy for him. But also, apparently, um, that very cleverly, they realized that they were never going to master the werewolf chain. See, they were never going to like sort of go better than American Werewolf in London or the Hurling or whatever. So they have him actually, apart from his claws and his eyes turning yellow. They have um, Liam Cunningham, you know, as Ryan. They have him actually turn into the wolf off screen. And it's really effective. And it works. And it's also a sort of bit of a homage to the old Hammer films and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't need to see it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I don't think it was a creative choice. I think it's a budgetary choice. You know, absolutely. But it was. I think both. A bit of both. But ultimately a, bud- a budgetary choice. But I think they were very creative with what sort of budget they had. You know, so, you know I mean? This is a master class in working with what you have, you know. In the uh, when they see these wolves, when the mm-hmm. when the jeep's been destroyed, they run back into the house, and they this is the first wave. Yes, they start. You know, uh, they're just fighting their way to, to keep the wolves from coming in. And one of the one of the guys vomits because Jesus <laughs> Christ, but he vomits on fucking Ryan, which I love. <laughs> That's right. On his head. Um, What's with Ryan and wanting to shoot dogs? He's just a sadist. It's he wanted to shoot this dog. Remember the dog kept barking? Yeah, it, it, well, I think that was just a sort of um, a follow-up on the you know the previous. And, of course, that dog, you know, the dog in the farmhouse, 
um it gets its revenge for all dogs later on but um, yeah i think it was basically ultimately this whole thing with the dogs it was setting him up as a bit of a sadistic bastard a cruel bastard but also um also setting up his death later on you know his ultimate death but yeah which come to. and after that scene we get uh cooper yes realizes he's walking around pretty well and he mm-hmm. figures out ryan's healed yeah mysteriously um so he doesn't know what's going on there but needless to say he's smart enough to keep him tied up yes he still doesn't he obviously doesn't trust him now this is the, the now this is where we start getting into the into the wolves uh, i've decided to shut the power down <laughs> it's, it's clever i like it they're smart wolves yeah <laughs> and being an independent filmmaker these days it's fair that one of the biggest things in the budget we talked about with halloween is lighting Mm-hmm. And even in the dark scenes, you see everything clearly. Mm-hmm. Beautifully shot, nicely done, works well with the shadows. You know who, who you're looking at. Um, so it, it's nice to see that we mm-hmm. could get that, 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 you know, be in that kind of atmosphere and not kind of wink or, you know, squint to see what we're looking at because we could clearly see everything. They use the moonlight from outside and little tricks, yeah. little tricks like that to get you the lighting that we need. It's, uh, mm-hmm. So it's well done. Absolutely. So I there's a beautiful shot when we finally get a real good look at a wolf. And that's when the attack's happening, another another wave's coming, and they find out they can hear Wells' room where he's recovering is broken glass. So some yes. oh, there's a wolf in there. And he runs up there, Cooper, another guy. And you see the full body costume of one of these wolves. It's class. It's a gorgeous shot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's one of the shots that's featured on the cut in the back, and it's probably the yeah. go-to shot of seeing what these wolves look like because you can only have them on camera for so long because, like we said, they fall over. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that case, kick them in the legs <laughs> <laughs> on their stilts. Yeah. Um. But it was just, just gorgeous. And they got the fog coming in from the background and the wolves are sitting yeah. in there. and Brilliantly atmospheric. Yeah, exactly. And claustrophobic in that sort of um, farmhouse as well. Uh, we see Terry gets it. Yes. Uh, he gets... But why, what's... That's another thing. What the fuck are these people, after fighting, sit down by the open window? Because they're, they're soldiers, they're guarding it. You know I know, I mean? but you turn your back away from an open window. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Maybe that was sort sort of just to move the plot forward type thing, but yeah. you know, for stuff to happen. But yeah, generally it's pretty it's pretty on the ball, you know. Um, oh, it how is. Soldiers but, would behave. Yeah, I mean, there's the great thing about them. Like I said, they're not air, they're not um, uh, cowards. Yes, but, but what I do like about them, they're they're kind of a little bit arrogant and cocky for a situation. They're fucked. Yeah, and well, they're that, young lads, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and with, with uh, squatties, I would have known squatties, um, you know, and stuff, there is that sort of, it comes with being young men as well. There's that sort of cockiness and that sort of bright. A lot of it's just a front, you know. I mean, probably, um, you know, inside they would have been um, shitting themselves, but, you know, there is that sort of, but, but, it, but it's totally authentic for me. And totally believable. They're totally believable as squatties. Well, the the scene where Megan calls Ryan by his name, yes, and Cooper looks right at her and goes, "Wait a minute, yeah, how'd you know his name?" 
Mm-hmm. And she, what did she say? Um, well, they basically, um, they, she, whenever she was out doing her so-called research, you know, like nature research or whatever it was, um, she encountered Cooper, who, who and his squad of special ops were trying to basically track down these werewolves. Um, so she was in some way aiding him, and they basically knew each other, and they have a bit of history in that he was in some way helping him and his um, sort of special ops team track down the werewolves. I don't think he knew she was a werewolf or part of the family. To be fair, Elois never fully explained, you know, with Ran, um, you know, what he knows about her. Because he's quite, you know, sort of keeps a lot to himself anyway, you know, that type of character. But um, it's basically, they do have a bit of history and uh, when he was with his special ops team trying to track down the werewolves. Okay. I, I thought Cooper would have had a better, maybe had a reason not to give her the gun after that, but he still gives her the gun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, talking about taking him off of the team, these guys are ballsy. They had, oh, yeah. So one guy has to take, I think it's Spoon. He's going to be the decoy. Yes. He's going <laughs> to fucking run out in the woods, Crazy light a bastard. flare, scream out the wolves, and he's going to be the bait while the other guy uh, heads to hot the Humvee, the, the, yeah. the Jeep in the garage. The hot um, wire, yeah. And Megan says, you know, Megan's kind of look out and says run. So he runs back. He gets back into the uh, house as he makes his way to the garage. Yes. Um, it was nice because he gets to the garage and he turns on the lights in the car. He's in there. He's like, yeah. But then just, he's surrounded by wolves. It's a brilliant they're, death. As they're eating. Yeah, their buddy, his buddy, who got yeah. uh, through the window there, and but he gets out of the garage, he mm-hmm. floors it, but there's a nice little shot. You think he got away, but then you see the the breath from the wolf coming yes. from the side of his face because he's behind him in the. In, he even says, "You're behind me, aren't you?" In the jeep, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's brilliant, and they basically bite his head off. Yeah. So they- <laughs> But it was, yeah. it was just, it was, it was clever and fun. And, yeah. and the same thing, it was tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. He, and you'll see this happen. This uh, The great Spoon has the best line when he gets it. Because oh, when I, he, I, because that's when a classic he, line. When I he, hope I give you the shit, you fucking wimp. <laughs> he, he, but he, when when the, when this guy gets it, um, he's in the truck. He even he goes out. He goes, okay, I'm gonna, let's go out fighting. He goes in the backseat and starts fighting him. That's right. Um, so... Again, it just goes back to just cool characters yeah. who, if they know they're comeuppance, fuck it, I'm going out with the bang. It's tongue-in-cheek, and it's not in any way nasty. Like, what we were talking about earlier on, torture porn, where it was nasty. And um, this is fucking, this is a roller coaster ride. You know, this is this is ghost train stuff. This is just great fun. And everyone's on board in the audience, you know, with it. And, yeah, my type of fucking film. So after um, we lose another soldier, we're down to pretty much Spoon, Cooper, Ryan, Megan, and Wells. Now we find out that Ryan, no, sorry, Wells is walking around. Yes. And obviously they check the wound, and guess what? He's healing. Cured. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is a cool one, because this guy knows what's about to happen, because we see Wells, who just turns. Yes. Um, and gets a sword through him. Yes. And, and the only reason they do that is because we're going to find out at the end there's a you know big fight scene coming. So we need mm-hmm. the wolf with the sword. We know who that is. Yeah. Uh, but Megan is the one who suggests we blow up the garage because mm-hmm. um, that's their home base. 
and they do so. Uh, it sucks because they could have got away. They had the car started and everything, but they decided to listen to Megan. Big mistake. Mm-hmm. And they just blew up the only chance they had to really get out of that house alive. That was on Megan. But well, Megan also sort of, you know, there, there's obviously this um, sort of people have brought up, well, why would Megan be aiding them at all in killing the werewolves, you know, even earlier on in the film? Well, um, apparently it's been confirmed by Neen Marshall or whatever. Well, she actually, and it's sort of suggested as well, well, she actually also deeply resented being a werewolf and she actually didn't like the family either. So she was like torn between each both sides, if you know what I mean. I think... What I got out of this viewing, I felt she, they have no way out. Mm-hmm. So she just chose a side. What I don't get, she turns into a werewolf. Well, not in time. He, Cooper blows her head off, thank God. Yes. Mm-hmm. But why wasn't she turned into a werewolf? Apparently it's explained, and it is a bit of a sort of cheek sort of cop-out, but I can sort of, I suppose I can run with it. Um, it's basically she could hold off. She had some sort of where she could hold off becoming a werewolf for a certain amount of time, unlike the rest of them who would have changed pretty quick as soon as the full moon, but she was able to resist it for a certain amount of time. But inevitably, she would always have become a wolf. But yes, it is a bit convenient, but I I, I can sort of let it off with that, if you know what I mean, in my yeah. head. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then you got the big finale, and then you've got... Um, Spoon has the best death and the best fight. Spoon's beating the yeah. shit out of this wolf. He's winning. Mm-hmm. Literally, he is literally winning until the second one shows up. <laughs> That's right. And then, yes, he has the, uh, the 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 famous line: "Best death." What is it again? Yeah, I hope I give you the shit, you fucking wimp. <laughs> yeah, it was a great line. Then he spits at it. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then, <laughs> do- yeah, <laughs> and then. Then we got uh, Wells knows he's dead. He's going to turn to werewolf. So as he's turning, he's setting the whole place on, you know, gas. Mm-hmm. He's going to gaslight the whole place. Yeah. And he wants Cooper... to basically, he knows that he's going to become a wolf and he's, he knows that he's, he, he has to sacrifice himself. So, and like he says in his wee speech, he goes, because I'm a professional fucking soldier, you know. And yeah, <laughs> brilliant character moment. And then Cooper and the dog go downstairs in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he blows up the house nice little explosion i like the model i'm cool with it i enjoyed it i love what i do love as well is just before it it explodes um wells eyes turn yellow uh but it's like his last remnant and they do this in werewolf films uh, a lot anyway do it in american werewolf in london at the end where david sacrifices himself but it's like his last remnants of humanity is to save the day and blow the farmhouse up yeah, it, it 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 is it is nice, and it's a good send off for the all the characters got good send offs. Absolutely, yeah, and 100%. and they it, it it and it mirrors to who they were before yes. they went out. You know, there. Uh, so it, it was nice. Nobody you knew you knew who they were, and you knew what they were going to get. Yeah, who you're going to get with them? Blah blah mm-hmm. blah, blah. I'll tweak that. They stayed, they stayed true to their characters. Yeah. And their death uh, fits them. Yeah, that makes any sense. That. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally hear you. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I was just thinking. There's, there's so much, you know, so, so much homage going on here. You know, they've, you've stuff like, you know, sort of, you've a bit of alien there, you know, with the evil sort of corporation. Whereas in this case, it's, it's um, ran with his sort of special ops who want to use the werewolves as basically they want to capture them and use them as weapons. 
Um, and then you also have a bit of Night of the Living Dead as well, you know, with the sort of farmhouse under siege, you know, from monsters, essentially. So, yeah, it's just a, a huge amount of fun. Yeah. All around. And the scene where Ryan comes back, he's the last one standing wolf-wise. That's right. <laughs> the final scar. And the sword is still stuck on... This is a, this is a, this this scene creeped me out just because he's trying to pin mm. Cooper through the sword through him, you know. Yes, sticking with his sword, and but he puts it on his head, and you can hear it scraping into his mouth yeah. and teeth. Ah, <laughs> oh. can I also say but the, as the, well? But, but the one bullet that yes. yeah. that uh, Wells gave him, yes, just go take yourself before you get taken. It's pretty much what the bullet's for. He uses yes. that last bullet to blow his head off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan's head off the wolves. Yeah, and, what I what uh, I love nice. about this scene as well is we then discover because originally Megan, whenever we find out that Megan is connected to the family of werewolves and stuff, um, she tries to paint them out to be like they're good people, you know, all this sort of thing. But then whenever um, basically Cooper goes down into the cellar, we see uh, we see some of them earlier on as well. All of these um, basically corpses, uh, which are all of the previous victims of the wolves. So it's, it's heavily suggested. As well, that the family, even whenever they were in human form, they weren't that good, and they were doing a lot of killing, uh, and uh, were also cannibals. And it is also heavily suggested the soup that the soldiers eat at the beginning, which they find in the farmhouse, it contains human meat. Yeah, and they are de, fa- de facto cannibals. That's <laughs> so. Yeah, there's. I, I love stuff like that. You know, little cool sort of subtle th- things that are revealed. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely got some rewatch, re uh, rewatchability, so you can check it out and catch that thing, especially with Megan. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's it. It wraps up. Cooper and the dog make it. Yes. Uh, and I always like when <laughs> they use the knife. They use the, the the silver dagger to kill Ran from that the campers had at the beginning, at the very beginning. He didn't kill him with that. He did. No, I he did. promise you. No, he did. He stabs him with it, but he doesn't kill him. Oh right, yes, yes. I he uses he stop him with him. He uses. I just said this on the podcast. Wow, everybody, Trevor's not listening to me, anyone? No. <laughs> he takes the I last am. bullet. Yes. That the his boss gives him. He says, "Take yes. your life if you if you can't get out of this." Mm-hmm. But he decides to take that last bullet and aim right bullet right between the eyes of the wolf. Yeah. And he but he also stabbed him with a silver dagger as well. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't kill him with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, man! Cool. You see the same film we saw, man? Of course, of course it did. But yeah, uh, and big, then my my take on it was it was a bit of both. It was the silver plus the bullet, just to like make sure the job was definitely done. No, that, that wouldn't affect him because even Megan makes that comment. Mm-hmm. She goes, "That's all." Yeah, about the folklore. Yeah. yeah, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then the credits are fun because the credits uh, during the film, <laughs> Megan's taking all these random pictures. To blind yeah. the wolves is what she was trying to do. But then you actually see the pictures developed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then you also, I love that newspaper um, that flashes up, you know, about how England have beaten Germany 5-1, which they did in 2001. Um, it's supposed to be, apparently this film set on that night when England beat Germany. But also there's a there's a sub-headline that says, um, Werewolves at my platoon. And you see, <laughs> and you see Cooper, um, you know, looking up at the camera, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. Very yeah, big world I mean, news type, you know, or British tabloid, um, you know, bullshit, you know, like the Daily Sport or the Sun or whatever. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, yeah, we, we kind of mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, 
this movie is peppered with homages and, and, and yeah. it's done so well and it's woven like a mm-hmm. nice blanket. A, what do you call it? a patchwork blanket? What do you call those things? A patchwork quilt. Patchwork quilt, yeah. Kind of like that. Each patch is a little little, little movie that we all kind of like. It's kind of, you know, like Evil Dead uh, uh, to even Army of Darkness to oh, yeah. Cabin in the Woods to fucking aliens to you know you name it it's in here the howling american wolf of london it takes from everything and peppers it in a little bit and it's just and then he adds his own love and it's done so naturally you know yeah it and it's but but it still has its own mark and its own stamp and its own sort of unique identity and i love that that's that's the right way to do it and he uh certainly has done that Mm -hmm. Uh, this is definitely his probably his most beloved the descent is certainly up there Mm-hmm. Um, we'll certainly get to this set, I'm sure. But uh, again, I can't emphasize the importance of people seeing Doomsday. It's so fucking good, mm-hmm. so good. You want to know more? This movie, Doomsday, is like the first act is aliens mm-hmm. with Dawn of the Dead meets Beyond the Thunderdome. <laughs> then the right. second act is. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't explain it. I can't explain yeah. it. Check it out. All right. Um, yeah, we're gonna wrap this one up. This was a fun one. I haven't revisited Dog Soldiers in a long time, but it's definitely. And the reason I did this one because it comes out in 4K next week. Great film. So, a huge amount of fun. Yeah, I'll be watching the 4K version, and it's definitely gonna have a lot of extras too. Yeah, and I'll be checking out those as well. Uh, thanks for joining us so much we greatly appreciate this has been a really good week for us in downloads and uh, more followers on Instagram and on Facebook and on pod and on different streaming sites so we do appreciate that you can always follow us at citizen frame underscore podcast and of course Facebook the new issue of Phantasm Goria is out now it's available on Amazon all over the world and locally at Forbidden Planet yep we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you all for joining us. This is my y'all's back. Haven't, haven't used that in a while. Very American. <laughs> uh, you know. And next, go figure. We're leaving horror to go to Arnold. Who knew we're doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger film? <laughs> Just for a change. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Talk soon.